Now that episode I made earlier in the day, which is now the previous episode, the episode previous to this one, um, um, has, you know, prompted another thought. So I'll have that other thought. Um, that episode actually got chopped off unceremoniously, as uh, plenty of my episodes do, uh, when the phone goes flat, <laughs> or for some other reason. Um, I, don't, I don't get into editing. Yeah. You get it as it goes, <laughs> and sometimes it goes badly. Uh, at, at the end of that, I was, um, what was the end? I was drawing an analogy. The Pearl Fishers, that's an opera, and um, it's set in Sri Lanka, uh, and it's written by a Frenchman, who seems to not really know a hell of a lot about Sri Lanka and Sri Lanka's gods and all that sort of thing, as far as I can see. I don't know whether he ever went there, um, but he wrote an opera about some pearl fishers in Sri Lanka and um, there were people in the pearl fishing community whose job it was uh, to appease the gods and to ward off evil spirits to keep the pearl fishers excuse me to keep the pearl fishers safe. So I likened that to those guys being um, OCK health and safety officers in a workplace in a different context than we are used to. Uh, because that was what they were all about. Um, the safety of the pearl fishers and there were a whole lot of other people uh, other than the actual pearl fishers themselves in that work, working community whose job it was was to keep the pearl fishers safe and um, and the way to do that in those days was to appease the gods and to ward off evil spirits which might whip up storms and sink boats and drown pearl fishers and so on. Um, now, and in that episode I made, I somewhat mused that these OCK health and safety officers, workplace safety officers at that time, um, were not that different to us in our time. Um, they were they were uh, operating on hard evidence as they saw it. You know, they were looking at the data of their time and the data was telling them, you know, hard data, evidence-based of health and safety, um, hard data concerning what was causing uh, workplace accidents and workplace death too. Uh, so sometimes, you know, a storm would come and pearl fishers would die. People in the workplace would die. Just like as happens now, you know, sometimes someone in your workplace dies on a building site or whatever. 
Okay, so this is no different. And they looked at all the data, they collected all the data, and the data told them that it was the gods doing this, whipping up storms and things like that, and making accidents happen, and so on and so forth. And, um, and so, they were putting in place controls to um, do something about these risks. And the controls were, for example, to sacrifice a virgin. The, it's an oldie but a goodie. People used to love doing that sort of stuff. So there was a young girl in the show who had to give up her life, basically, um, for to appease the gods for workplace safety. Now, it happened to be, you know, some sort of fake Sri Lanka where they didn't actually kill her but she was still sacrificing herself um, in a different way, you know, and I explained all of that. It, look, in other cultures, they would actually kill the girl physically, but this girl was, you know, um, she had to sacrifice herself in as much as she wasn't allowed to have her, her face wasn't allowed to be shown uh, in public. She wasn't allowed to have any friends and all that sort of stuff. She could never um, take a lover or a husband or anything like that. Um, she had to sacrifice herself. So it's a it's a variation on the same theme that you see in other cultures back then. Um, and probably now in some places. Where uh, to really keep the gods happy and to keep the workplace safe, you sacrifice a virgin. Okay. And uh, the priests were, you know, always supported this idea. Uh, because it was... Now, they were operating... Look, the evidence was telling them. Um, that that's what the gods wanted you know the gods never wanted a priest to be sacrificed uh, but um, be that as it may I'm not here to pass judgment on people in times gone by um, uh, when uh, we like to think in these days that we are living in an evidence-based society such that when we do OCK health and safety in a workplace, for example, um, we make decisions and put in controls and all those sorts of things based on hard evidence. You know, and we find that hard evidence in data. You know, we collect data on risks and all those sorts of things. And we, um, you know, how many first aid injuries in a hospital and all that sort of stuff, you know, um, how many long-term long injuries and all this sort of thing. And we you know, make charts and graphs, and then we make decisions. Well, <coughs> is that any different from what they were doing back then? But it's just that when they looked at all the evidence as to what was causing the injuries and all that sort of thing, um, what, what they could see was that it was the gods causing these injuries, and it was... Um, and we might, you know, you might say, oh, that's not hard evidence. Well, you know, not, with, not when you've got a, a 21st century hat on, but if you had a, an 18th century hat on, absolutely it was the gods causing this thing. You know, so if you didn't want a storm, the control you would put in place, if you didn't want a storm coming along and drowning half your pearlfishes and wrecking half your boats, um, the... You looked at the data, the hard evidence, hard evidence. 
um, and the data, and, and it was just a matter of fact um, that the gods were real as they understood them, and this was Sri Lanka, so it would be all the um, sort of Indian, Sri Lankan style gods and all that sort of stuff. Okay, and, um, and they were causing these storms because they were unhappy. Uh, so, now this is hard evidence. Now, um, so it, it's, it's chauvinistic for us to say, oh no, but we operate on hard evidence now. And they were operating on superstition, but no, they were operating on hard evidence. Things like Brahma, you know, he came up a lot in, in, in the opera. Um, he was just a matter of fact. You know, the fact that he was having, um, that he was interfering in nature, you know, making and whipping up storms and all that sort of stuff, that was just a fact. So it wasn't a matter of opinion or anything like that. It was data-driven, you know. You could look into any scripture and the data was there. Totally proven. All right. Now, here's the thing. If I could time travel, you know, if I could go back in time and be in that era, when, you know, go back to an era, you know, go to back to a place and a time where something like Zeus, you know, was a matter of fact, such that even I, there was no reason to question it. It was just fact, you know, as, as factual as a pole I just ran into because I was um, making a YouTube clip uh, while I was driving, but I'm not touching the phone. Um, you know, as factual as that, if I could go back to a time when unquestioningly uh, the gods um, were whipping up storms, for example, and drowning pearlfishes from time to time because some virgin uh, lifted the veil off her face and showed her face in public. You know? Now, if I went back to a time where that was a matter of fact, you know, number one, I would probably want that girl punished. You know, I, I feel that I wouldn't think this, but it, that's me being chauvinistic. If I went back in time, I probably would think this. Um, now that girl, I, I would probably, you know, if, if it was a court of law and all that sort of stuff, she would probably have to be punished um, for causing that storm because the gods were unhappy, you know, because she was supposed to be the sacrifice. Um, now, I'm trying to picture myself, I'm trying to picture myself back there. All right, this is just fact, you know. And it makes sense. Right, and then I could time travel to now and I say, oh wow, that's blowing my mind. I, I was absolutely sure that the data I was um, using uh, was correct. You know, it wasn't um, anything you would call like superstition or anything like that. Um, and I could come into this time and then I could meet someone my own descendant, if you like, and he could say, see, you were superstitious. Now, these days, we are in the scientific era, and we operate on the hard evidence of our senses, what we can see, measure, you know, and what we can see, touch, hear, you know, we operate on all those things, and those things constitute facts, you know, 
we can know certain things um, because we have better data than you had in your time back in the 1800s. You had, you had misread the data. You know, um, you made some obvious mistakes, but you didn't see it. And um, and then the guy would say to me, "Wow, that's amazing! You say you measure everything and all that sort of stuff, and then you know what's causing lightning coming out of the clouds, and you know what's causing storms and all those sorts of things, and what is actually causing um, pearl fishers to drown from time to time in the workplace." And I say, "Yeah, data driven. You know, um, the evidence of our eyes, our ears." our sense of touch and all that sort of thing we feed that into computers and then we know certain things like what's causing pearlfishes to die in the workplace and um and this other person says oh right we fed all that into our sort of database you know and um we came up with the fact that it was god that was causing all of that and i said oh see that's why you're silly uh, you know like i don't blame you but you know you didn't you, it didn't occur to you to be more sensible like we are. Um, and I would feel very relaxed at that point that um, that my ideas of fact were unassailable. In the same way this guy thought his ideas of facts were unassailable. Yeah. That's the end of the discussion, really, as far as I'm concerned, really in my time but it does get me thinking imagine if I could go another 200 years into the future to one of my descendants alright so we had this guy back in the 1800s we got me now in the 21st century I'll go to the 23rd century now in a time machine and maybe there'll be a guy there who'll say you were operating on the evidence of what you called science things you can measure yeah, there's this whole other thing um, that's driving the universe that you didn't even know about. Um, you thought um, uh, all the physics of the universe, you know, force, matter, time, all these things, you know, all these things you felt you could measure, you thought they were driving the universe and causing the storms, for example, to whip up, you know. And whereas you, you know, that guy back in the 1800s prayed to the gods and said, please don't whip up the storm. You were measuring things and saying, right, we're going to make sure that, right, we're going to put controls in place to control the storms. Uh, in as much as, you know, we're going to build cyclone-proof bungalows for the workers and all that sort of stuff, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, and that's what you did in your era. Oh, my God. If only you had known, you see... You thought you were at the end of the process. You thought that guy got it wrong and you had it right because you've got science that you, you know, that was primitive back there and you have arrived at something sensible. But what you didn't know is you were only a stepping stone. There's something else even beyond that that you just didn't know about. Um, and it's you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is that's actually controlling space and time and matter and all that sort of stuff and energy, you didn't know about this other thing. This guy way back here actually was closer. You know, he called it the gods, but it's this other thing um, 
XYZ. I don't know what that is. But a whole new physics, you know, of some sort. Um, and um, here's you tinkering in the 21st century with ideas of space-time, you know, and you trip out and you've got a piece of broken concrete and that's a risk in the workplace. If only you had known that if you had a, you know, I don't know what that XYZ is, but you could have used the force within you um, to float over that stone or something, you know. Where that stone couldn't, that broken pavement couldn't be a risk to you because you didn't know it, because you thought you'd got there. You thought you were at the end of the process. Um, and this all sounds mad, but this guy back here was absolutely certain he was at the end of the process and that he was, he had it right, that he understood what was causing storms and all that sort of stuff, gods, you know, and now here am I, I'm not that different from him in one way, I think I am, but you know, but you know, where I think, ah, physics is driving the storms and all that sort of stuff, you know, and um, it would be just like that guy got his mind blown when he came into my era. I could get my mind blown by going into a future era and there might be something underlying the physics and driving the physics and that we may, we may in that era, in the future, be able to control that stuff and alter time and space and matter and energy and all that sort of stuff, which all sounds mad to me because I've got all these rules in my head about conservation of energy. But, you know, all this sort of stuff and time, you know, the arrow of time and all that sort of stuff. But I might be able to go into the future and, um, and you know, even all, all the stuff that's falling into my head now, you know, the back to the future problems, you know, if there were people in the future that could time travel, why, aren't we, why haven't we been seeing them? cruising about like tourists for the last 5,000 years, coming back in time, you know. Uh, but there might be a good reason for that, which I can't even fathom. Uh, but the point is, the good, th the good thing about science, I think, is science never, a, a true scientist, never says he knows anything as a fact. You know? What he says is, on the, on the strength of the evidence to hand, I think X, Y, Z, you know. Um, and I, I, I don't feel myself to be that much better than that other guy because he was, he was um, coming to conclusions uh, also based on his evidence to hand, and that's what I'm doing now. So what a scientist does is allow for the possibility of something, you know, that you've got it wrong, and uh, that's the good thing about being a scientist. I'm not really a scientist, but I'm, let's pretend I'm a scientist. The good thing about being scientifically minded is you don't think that you're the smart guy and he's the dummy. You recognise that he was analysing his evidence as best he could, and I'm analysing my evidence as best I can. Um, but, you know, I, uh, but everything I know, epistemology, yeah, everything I know is... Um, is uh, well um, based on my best efforts at perceiving what I'm looking at or listening to or touching and all that sort of stuff. The evidence, my five senses, I'm trusting them. I know that I'm trusting them and they could be faulty and I may find out something really interesting 200 years from now. I think science keeps you humble in in a certain way that, um, you know, like 
being a preacher can't keep you humble because uh, a scientist is humble, a proper scientist is humble uh, because he doesn't know that he knows anything for sure. He, he, he doubts that he knows anything for sure. That's a better way of putting it. Um, he says, look, I know that four cycles of mass times acceleration, but that's only on the basis of experiments. Um, one day an apple might fall out of a tree and fall up. It's possible. It's just that it's never been measured before. You know, it may happen. And um, and if it does do that one day, you know, this guy 200 years from now into the future, he might have some new physics by then that can explain that. And he might be able to even tweak time. He might even be able to time travel in such a way as he, he's, he's, he's come back here and he's sitting in the car right here next to me, but I can't see him, which is absolutely bizarre. Uh, but you never know. All right. That's what I'm getting at. Um, uh, I went to the Pearlfishes last night, and it was an opera, and um, it was like watching a workplace health and safety uh, show, you know, a like health and safety video <laughs> sort of thing, except it was an opera. Um, and you had all these safety officers trying to keep the pearl fishers safe. And the way they did that was to offer sacrifices and so on to the gods. And, uh, and what they did was um, carry out little routines to ward off evil spirits, which might whip up storms and cause workplace safety injuries you know, or death uh, for the pearl fishers of Sri Lanka. Um, and then I went on and on and on and that'll do for this episode I could keep going, I could wrap that whole episode up you know what I was talking about